Okay, so hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Default Global. This is where we connect with global first entrepreneurs and remote work experts from all around the world. Our guest today is Robin Choi, a co-founder and CEO at HireSuite. Robin, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure and I'm very happy to be here. So thanks for inviting me. Sure. Robin, it is a great to have you on the show, Frank is speaking. And to kick things off, probably could could you Please tell us more about your journey from being a Frenchman living in San Francisco to co-founding HireSuite and hosting the A Players podcast. Yeah, sure. Um, it's actually the opposite. I founded HireSuite to being a Frenchman in San Francisco because I created HireSuite in, in France, in oh, Paris, okay. in okay. 2016. And I actually just moved to San Francisco a year ago. So now I live here, but uh, it's only been a year. Um, so yeah, pretty much uh, started Hire Suite in 2016 in Paris, fresh out of school, uh, with my two co-founders Ismail and Paul. The um, the original project was mostly based on Ismail's expertise. To um, he did a lot of competitive programming. He did the international Olympiads in informatics. I didn't know there was such a thing at the time. This was like um, competitive programming for um, students and high school students. And so the first product was a software a software to assess software engineers for companies hiring software engineers. So that was based, again, on Ismail's expertise. Um, pretty quickly, we realized, because our clients told us, that the main pain wasn't assessing people, but rather finding people, finding software engineers. Um, and that's interesting because we're like, okay, why don't you just post a job online and wait for people to apply? And we dis discovered that for a lot of jobs, you can post a job online, cross your finger, and nothing happens. And you can wait for months, you can wait for years, and you won't get anybody. So then you have to resort to being proactive, engaging with candidates yourself, doing the first step. And you know, for us as, a, as fresh graduates, that was new. And it's like, okay, what do you mean? Like the, the candidate is not applying to the company. The candidate is not fighting to get inside the company. No, no, it's the opposite. Companies are fighting for talent for some people. Um, so that's how we, we, we moved on to much before in the, in the recruiting process. And then we moved on to the sourcing part. Like how do we generate candidates? Um, so I'll spare you all those seven years, though I'd be happy to, to talk to you about what happens, what happened in those seven years. Um, but we launched in the US in 2019, originally from France. Then we went through Y Combinator, which is a, a big startup accelerator that did Dropbox, Tribe, Airbnb. Uh, we went through this in January to March 2020, and that was supposed to be our launch pad to the US. Then pandemic, got back home for the lockdown. Uh, for two years, and and now I'm back in the U.S. I'm back in San Francisco for uh, about a year now, and um, the product itself changed a lot as well as we evolved and as the market evolved as well. New regulations and clients and candidates. So today we have two main products. Um, the first one is a what's called a talent marketplace. So you have to think of it as an automated hiring agency. In the early days at HireSuite, like the first year or two years, uh, we were really an hiring agency. So I did spend a lot of time engaging with candidates, engaging with clients, trying to make the match. 
So the tile marketplace is an evolution of those uh, these initial products, just more automation. But there are still people talking to candidates, sourcing candidates, uh, briefing the candidates before the interviews, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the tile marketplace. And we charge a placement fee very similar to, um, to hiring agencies. And a second product is what we call Hire Suite CRM. It's, um, it's the, the software part of everything we learned um, across those past seven years. We've always had a big part of our team in the data sense and software team. Um, and so we built an automation software to help uh, build time pool, engage with candidates, nurture candidates, because we, we realized, and that's back to that learning in 2016, that most companies were equipped with software that allowed them to post a job online and then collect inbound applicants. Uh, but today, recruiting for lots of companies and for lots of jobs, it's about being proactive. And the software out there for being proactive is not quite, um, uh, quite advanced because, again, that's a new trend. So you had to build new software. Some existing vendors tried to build features, and some new vendors like ourselves like, build a thing from scratch. So yeah, two products, Hire Suite Marketplace and Hire Suite CRM. Yeah, and at this point, we can say that Hire Suite is a truly international company, right? Uh, so could you share your thoughts as a founder and a, as a CEO on what it means to be a global first company? This is a global first mindset. Can you talk more about this? Yeah, I, I think this this is something that you have to think about from the start. Um, even when we were just the three of us, you know, when you create a company, you have to write a, a contract between co-founders to say, okay, this is what we're uh, this is what we're going after, and you have to put it put it in the clearest writing possible. Um, and we we actually had this. We had a document where we said, okay, this is what success looks like for us. Uh, so there were revenue milestones. There were global expansion milestones. There were uh, team milestones, and there were like a more philosophical things like we want to keep investing in the data sense and software. Um, and so the global expansion from the from the first day, we we're like, okay, we want a product that we want to that we can sell to any country. Um, and very early on, we expanded to other countries. Even though we stayed in France mostly, we started selling to the UK, um, to Europe, and to the US, obviously, and then US North America. So that would be US Canada, and we had at some point clients in Mexico as well. Yeah, and so you relocated to San Francisco while your entire team is based in France, right? That's so, correct. Yeah, I assume the main strat strategic <laughs> element uh, that influenced this decision was just business expansion to, to the U.S. market, right? So could, could you maybe share some of the challenges you have uh, faced during this transition, right? How difficult it is to expand from, from the French market to the U.S. market while your team is still in France, you know? Yeah. So the, the usual playbook for companies expanding abroad is like you raised a huge round, then you invest 20 million in a course of two years. Uh, this is not enough, not enough time. So, and we've seen so many companies do it. Some companies succeed, but a lot of companies are just like, okay, this didn't work. And then they stop everything, lay off everybody and go back home. Uh, we wanted to do the opposite. We wanted to be 
persistence and um, <clears throat> and playing the long-term game. Um, so the goal was, that's also why we went to YC in 2020. Immediately after YC, I started creating more content um, tell you to the international audience, so not only US, but international. So writing in English and inviting people from uh, on the podcast. So there's a lot of people from here, from the Bay Area. And the goal was like, okay, we're we're not here whatever whatever happens we're we're staying here so that's also a strong like a strong vote of confidence to say that the ceo is moving here whatever happens we're staying here and we want to play the long-term game um and obviously this comes with a lot of challenges which means we we couldn't afford to bring a lot of people from the team the goal is still to build a team here uh, as we grow our revenue and we still have a lot of cash in bank as well so the goal is to grow here but to grow like okay we're going to stay here whatever so we want to do it consciously and and gradually and not like invest 20 million hire a ton of people we don't understand anything about the market or the clients and then and then leave after two years. So that's kind of a, a bit of a contrarian playbook. Um, <clears throat> came with a lot of challenges. Obviously, how do I create a brand for myself here? How do I open doors? Uh, and it's been, I would say that it takes time anyway. Um, it doesn't take money. So that's why I'm not surprised that so many people can spend and burn through that much money because just takes time to build credibility. So you, same as you do, right? You, uh, you get people on the podcast, you, you grow your network, you go to events, you meet people, you show that you're an actual human and not just someone on LinkedIn and not ju just someone blasting with yet another software. So it takes a lot of time to build credibility. And this time can be bought to some extent with money, but mostly, um, but mostly it's really time. Um, so yeah, that's what we did. And the plan is to keep on growing like this. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I guess we're very similar to you at GoGobi <laughs> here because our founders are in in one time zone while the majority of our core team is in another, right? And it's pretty, frankly speaking, it's pretty rare structure. Usually the core team and the founders are in the same time zone. But so with that, I guess I, I know exactly what challenges you're probably facing. But still, I would like to ask this one. Uh, how do you or maybe not, have you noticed any significant cultural impacts, right, on workflow or team dynamics, you know, being in different times on different continents even? Sure, absolutely. So we, um, we're nine hours apart with friends. So that means I have about a two to three hours overlay every morning. <clears throat> and then I go on to my day and it's, and then everybody stops working in France. Um, so, you know, that's also why I usually wake up that early. It's uh, 7 a.m. for me, but that's that's not unusual. Um, so we had to adjust. Initially, it's a bit difficult because then you, if you have a meeting on Monday and then for whatever reason you need to consult, then that can be moved to Friday very quickly. Uh, so we moved on to very much more asynchronous communication um, using text. That's something we, we already did, but we did more of this. Uh, using text, using screen recordings with tools like Clap or Loom, uh, and and yeah, much more clarity to to set objectives, set targets, set reporting, so that everybody knows what to do. 
during the day, even if I'm not responsive, they know how to move forward. Um, we also, so that was, that were the processes that we changed. And then we also changed the team itself to have more um, uh, leaders in the team that were empowered to make their own decisions. So we promoted someone internally to be a uh, head of marketplace. So the first product that, that I mentioned is now headed by one person. Um, and that person is is CEO of the marketplace. He's operating everything, he's managing the team, he's making his own decisions. And we're more, I sometimes consider myself as an investor, in, as a, a very heavily weighted investor in the marketplace. But my role is to help that person so that the marketplace performs to the best as possible, but it's still that person's responsibility. So I would say we change both our processes and the team and the way we worked with the team down to like uh, titles and, and responsibilities. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, another thing that I would like to talk with you about these changes that happened recently that we probably also maybe you noticed some shift in the hiring game lately, right? Especially in the tech space. So, uh, for example, at GoGlobby, we're seeing it becoming like a more let's say way easier for companies to hire mm -hmm. talent right both locally mm -hmm. and globally simply there are more applicants right there so are you feeling this vibes too and what's your take on the current state of hiring in the tech world specifically yeah absolutely um there are more applicants and each applicant applies to more jobs and uh, we we see our clients and people in the, in the industry um telling about how many applications are clearly generated by AI and there are tools that help applicants send like 200 uh, custom and somehow personalized applications. So yeah, the number of applications have definitely increased. Um, it's and, and strangely, it's still as hard for companies to hire top talent. So we see companies struggling to manage their inbound uh, volume and then they're like, okay, there is... Uh, we still need to do outbound and we still need to go proactively after time. So yes, the market has shifted for sure. Uh, there is a lot of very good, high quality talent on the market. Um, so as a company, that's probably one of the best time to, to be uh, over the past seven to 10 years. But then companies cannot hire as much as they used to. Uh, so they have to hire more slowly. So overall, they'll they'll still need to up their game and just like pick the, the best person they can. Um, and they absolutely want to do this. Another thing that we see is there is less urgency as well. Uh, we used to like every client is probably the same for you. Every client was like, okay, we need to fill those roles for yesterday. We need to hire 30 software engineers for a year ago. Um, no, it's more like we need to hire 10 software engineers, not 30 anymore. And, you know, we're not in a hurry, so we'll just hire the right person when they come up. Uh, and if it takes two years, then never mind. That's not that big of a problem. The, the main problem is to keep profitability. So that absolutely changed. And then for the entire market overall, uh, like unemployment rates are still pretty low in the US and like everywhere in the world. So that we have that kind of very strange situation where we feel that from the trenches and from the uh, you know, from the market, we see that people are struggling to find jobs in some industries like talent acquisition, for instance, we've had, I don't know, maybe 
10 to 30% layoffs. Uh, we've seen layoffs across the clients. And these people, even like the best of them, are struggling to find jobs, and that's surprising. But at the same time, unemployment rates remain low, and some industries are hiring like never before in healthcare, construction, uh, industrial. There, there are lots of companies still hiring very much. So I would say it's a very weird market uh, that we didn't experience for sure for the first six years here at Harrisuit, but it's an interesting one. Um, and that also requires everybody to adapt, both the players, like talent acquisition teams, they need to step up, they need to be better, they need to add value beyond simply recruiting, but also the software vendors that need to build new features, um, the companies themselves, the investors, they need to change their mind mindset towards recruiting. Um, mm -hmm. So everybody is changing fast. Yeah, and speaking of this, speaking of this uh, ad adaption, right? So, uh, with all this shift that is happening, has this this shaken up how you're doing business? Like you, you, you're, I guess, rethinking your business model, or are you pretty much uh, staying the, the course? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we had to change everything, and and anybody working in recruiting that says that they stayed the course. Uh, is either lying or going straight into a wall. Um, so we change our pricing. We we change our pricing to be much more aggressive and competitive on the marketplace. We reduced our pricing by more than thirty percent. So that's huge. Um, we we had to step up our sales game as well on the CRM to be better, to be more aggressive with our competitors, uh, to be more persistent with our clients. To to be better at showcasing the value as well. So build um, ROIs and business cases. So we needed to change everything. And then, <clears throat> and that's also something that, that everybody sees on the market right now. It's harder to talk to clients. Um, and, and that, I'm not quite sure that's because of the market, but that's a big trend that we've seen across the past um, seven years. Initially, we used to do a lot of cold outbounds. Uh, we used to send a lot of cold messages, somehow personalized, but not, not even that much. And we had a pretty good reply rate to this. And now uh, we still do outbounds, but it's, uh, we have much lower reply rates and everybody's struggling to get replies because like a company today hiring gets... 20 messages from recruiters or recruiting software every day. So how do you set apart from the competition? And for us, it's been a lot about the content. So those two podcasts, there's one. So it's no longer called A Players since this week. It's called the Modern Recruiter now. So um, that's that's the announcement, though I announced it yesterday or... Okay, didn't know before. that. Yeah, okay. Um, we have one in, in French as well. We do a lot of webinars. I post a lot on LinkedIn, on recruiting, on how to get a, be a better recruiter from what I see from our experiences at Harrisuite with like being a recruiter in the first place and creating Harrisuite Marketplace and then managing Harrisuite Marketplace, but also from our clients and people we have on the podcast. So it's all this content that helps us build some credibility. And I think most of the brand, uh, most of the Harrisuite brand today is known by the content and the LinkedIn content, especially. And the goal for us is to, to make content that is free, uh, but it's so good that people would pay for it. That's how we, we know we're on the right track. And so it takes a lot of work. Uh, it takes a lot of time. 
but that's what you have to do in that market to fight because if you just keep on doing cold email, um, that, that doesn't work. And I'm sure you reached the same conclusion because that's probably also <laughs> yeah. why you launched the podcast. 100%. <laughs> that's true that's true and just to summarize maybe uh maybe uh, as you said in this uh, un- in this uncertain economic times right such the as the recent downturn what, what advice would you give like uh, to maybe recruiters who were impacted significantly uh maybe just top two top three things um <clears throat> that's that's a question i've had a lot recently I think the number one thing is first, do you absolutely want to stay in recruiting? Because that's one of probably the worst place to be right now. So if you want to change industries, that could be a good time to do it. And there's no shame in it. Um, and, you, and then you can learn things from like being a sales person or working in marketing or whatever, our customer support. There's lots to learn that can be then applicable to recruiting. So that would be the number one thing. If you do want to stay in recruiting, uh, this is going to be tough, but it will work out in the end. And we see a lot of people finding jobs, obviously. Um, so it's not it's far from being impossible. It just takes a lot of work. And um, and then the, 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 third, the third thing would be in order to fight. So same for companies that need to fight f- to get their clients' attention. If you want to get the company's attention in a competitive market, you have to understand what are your competitive advantages. That's obvious. And one of the biggest competitive advantage that you can create is invest in your content and your brand. Uh, and so start sharing your expertise, start taking part to podcasts and events, because um, that's how you build a competitive advantage and how you set yourself apart from the competition. Yeah, uh, totally agree with that. And well, like you also mentioned, this um, there are a lot of tech professionals, right, from emerging and local markets, right, who are looking uh, like for this next move in terms of their career, right? And if we're talking about emerging markets, right, they're, they're looking for those startups in Silicon Valley, in the UK, in France, that they really want to join, right? So with that, what advice can you offer to those talent, maybe tech talent specifically, on how they can position themselves to join global companies, uh, especially in this in this market? You mean working remotely? Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, this is going to be much, much hard, harder than a year ago or two years ago because companies are now um, cutting down on remote work. They want everybody back to the office. So it's harder. Um, companies have a lot of um, biases and prejudices, especially when it comes to foreign talents. And they are always convinced that their country is the best and that the, their engineers are the best. Um, so you have to acknowledge those biases and then uh, understand how to fight them. So sometimes it's because sometimes it's applying to a company where the founder comes from the same country than you, because obviously that person won't have the, the same prejudices. Um, sometimes it's building your own personal brand as well to show your worth. Uh, I don't know, winning competition, displaying your uh, your work online, your portfolio, your previous achievements. Um, 
that's so so that that can be done but you have to acknowledge those biases and acknowledge that it's harder to do now so you have to diffuse potential risks for the company um early on like you you have to show that you know how to work remotely that you work for like big companies remotely um you have to show your work you have to show blah 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 if this is your first job well, I, I don't know what you think, but I wouldn't recommend someone to look for as a first job to a remote company. So it's going to be super yeah, difficult. I agree. And you, I agree. you have to build your brand first. Mm-hmm. 100% agree with that. So, Robin, pro- probably my, my final question to you. Could you share any future plans for HireSpeed? Sure. So um, the first plan is to keep on fighting through that economy for now. And I think it should be uh, the goal for every recruiting company. Um, this is not yeah, a market. A good start. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is not a market where you're going to be thriving. You have to fight and survive first. Uh, so that's what we're focusing on. Uh, doesn't mean that you do like that. You need to cut your costs all, like cut all your costs, and then and then just uh, hunker down and do nothing for two years. Quite the opposite. Uh, this is also an opportunity to to create new features, to adapt faster than your competitors to the market. And that's what we want to do as well. So we're staying very close to our clients and we're going to survive by, by getting more clients and getting our current clients happier. Um, so I would say that the short-term vision for the next six months is uh, survive, uh, get more clients and stay very, very close to the market. Um, a month ago, I... I made a post on LinkedIn to invite people to connect with me and have casual chats. Um, and I chatted to to more than 20 people over the course of three weeks with no agenda at all, um, other than getting the pulse from the market and, and saying, okay, what are your issues? I'm going to... So every time I would brainstorm with a person on their issues and give some hints or pointers or resources that I thought would be interesting... And for me, the main learning is, okay, what does the market need right now? What's important to the market? Uh, what are the issues that recruiters see today? I'm, I'm going to keep on doing this. Uh, I already made a new post last uh, yesterday. So I got like, again, more than 20 people to talk to. And I'll try and do this every week, talk to the market. And we, w- the reason why we're doing this is because if we talk to our clients, we only talk to a subset of the market. Um, we want to talk to everybody, understand what the market needs. So that's the vision for the next six months. And then longer term, while the, re- the, the vision remains the same, there is so much to do in recruiting um, to provide a better candidate experience, better uh, to provide more automation for recruiters. Lots of recruiting teams are still spending time on a very tedious work. And I'm not even ta- talking about generative AI. Uh, generative AI can help. And we're using a lot of th- that technology in our products as well. Um, but even like more basic stuff, like lots of recruiting teams still use uh, spreadsheets to manage their candidates um, when they need to be proactive. Like they have no way to follow up automatically. Uh, every time they open up a new job, they just go on LinkedIn and try and find new people instead of searching inside their existing talent pool. They do nothing to nurture their talent pools because their databases are a mess. So there is there are a lot of problems that we need to solve. So that's for the longer term. Um, but then among those problems, how do we prioritize? That's by talking to the market. So that's our vision, at least. Yeah, I guess it's a very good plan. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, Robin, I guess we're good. Uh, so thanks a lot for sharing your insights on this business expansion from France to the US, right? On how to build a global first company and how to navigate uh, this economic downturns, right? So we wish you and Harris with all the best in your journey. Uh, thanks a lot for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks, Vitz.